0: So, uh, David, awesome to have you on here. Uh, one of the things that we've been doing, particularly in the past, uh, you know, six months since we can't see each other, are a whole bunch of these fireside chats with uh, veterans from who are transitioning from special operations background, fighter pilot, you know, in the that kind of the general community. Um, and these are usually once a week, once every other week with people from all different um, backgrounds. And I think one of... I mean, the ones that we've been doing a lot of is it within private equity, investment banking, you know, some in tech. But I think that your background is just so fascinating, um, particularly because of the type of transitions that you've had. Um, I've watched a lot of the content, whether it's Tom Billio or with Lewis Howes and kind of really understand the story. Uh, so David, I'll, I'll turn it over to you and I, I think what would be really helpful maybe is a uh, a couple minutes on the high level, of the background, but then maybe starting off on maybe in 2009 as like that was a difficult transition um, or another one that you want to start with. But I think the kind of general theme of this are the big transitions in your life and how you navigated them and maybe some principles that we can all kind of take away from this. David, really appreciate you coming on this and we'll turn it over to you.
1: Of course. So, You know i've dealt with transitioning athletes and military people for most of my career uh, since i graduated law school it's interesting Uh, first i want to thank you all for your service i don't take that lightly and the older i get uh, the less likely i take it and been blessed to be in uh, a leadership program and got to go on a navy ship for a while and man that's when i was really glad to pay my taxes you know i never never before was i happy to pay taxes until i left the navy ship i'm like wow my money's going to good use, so thank you. You're all proof that it's going to good use. Um, but transitioning is interest for me because I think uh, through my career, and I've transitioned because I was very focused in on one thing. I wanted to be rich. My whole journey kept so many options open. I like what Josh said. You know, he's happy where he's at, but right that that's where people who are focused on making money. Now, I was focused on making money. Uh, thinking it would buy me happiness and love. Initially, I wanted just to buy my mom a house and a car because I grew up poor, six kids and a single mom who worked two jobs, packed my dinner in a paper bag, you know, filled up turnstiles at the 7-Eleven at night so we could eat. So you know, I was driven. In fact, the most common denominator of all successful people is just the desire that you must be what you can be. And I think that's a common denominator as well as people that are of service, uh, whether it's through the military or I'm not. Uh, I do a great um, podcast with the top entrepreneurs, billionaires, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers. That's also the common denominator that I've learned kind of as the Napoleon Hill of podcasting. Uh, All of them must be what they can be. But Josh, I think you represent transition the best because my philosophy of transition, and I'll give you and share a little of the background why I teach, is that I'm happy where I'm at, but I want to angle to something better. And I have faith that I'm gonna end up somewhere better than that. It's that simple. Everybody should be transitioning, not just people that are athletes going into the workforce or you know, military people going into civilian work. No, 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 we're all transitioning. It means we're growing, accelerating and expanding to create a vacuum that creates what we want into the vacuum. So the number th- one thing about what it is, is we need to know our values and my whole life was based on gratitude finding the light, the love, and the lessons in that transition and pivoting to forgiveness for all the mistakes I was going to make to learn what to do, accountability, which is huge with all of you. What did I do to attract this to myself? What am I supposed to learn from it? And finally, the true meaning of inspiration, not just inspiring others, but knowing with faith that I'm connected to the greatest source of light, love, and lessons. Pain to me is not a stop sign. Right? You cannot pivot or transition if you believe pain is a stop sign. Most of the people on earth think pain's a stop sign. Oh, it hurts! Stop running. Oh, it hurts! Right? Pain to me is not a stop sign. It's a turn signal. Right? It's indicating I have a lesson to learn to get to a better place, a be- or to better my situation. Uh, and so, for me, my entire career initially, I was foolish. I thought I'd be a professional football player. Got ran over by Christian Okoye in college. Realizes I lied on my back. Maybe my mom was right, doctor, lawyer, or failure. Uh, <laughs> when I graduated law school, because I was in this mindset of making money and always transitioning or angling towards what I wanted, which was a lot of money, I ended up getting two job offers, not only a job offer to be an oil and gas litigator, which is the highest paying job you can get out of law school, but also a salesperson in 1992 selling legal research on the internet. Now, my mom told me, that I'd be an idiot if I wasn't a real lawyer, that the internet was a fad and not only would I waste my time being in law school and taking the bar, uh, but I would ruin my life. Needless to say, I learned a valuable lesson about pivoting and transitioning is when you're in the mindset of angling towards something better, the people who want better for you are going to tell you to vote for the things you don't want because better to them is no pain, right? If you are a parent or you know, any facsimile thereof, the one thing you don't want is your child in pain. We don't want our friends and family in pain. So we actually give them bad advice because all we're really trying to do is make them ordinary. So just remember, people will laugh at you, scoff at you, make fun of you. Don't vote for what other people want. They'll applaud you eventually. I can't tell you how many friends from law school called me an idiot two years later when I was a millionaire, they were asking me for a job. that in mind, vote for what you want don't vote for what other people want to fill that vacuum because you're going to get it. Don't vote for what you don't want because you'll get that as well. So vote for what you want. Know that you love where you're at. England is something better have faith that you'll end up somewhere better than that, that each time you've learned something, it's pushing you in the right direction, not away from what you want. It's pushing you. Don't worry about what surrounds you. Worry about what surrounds what you surrounds you. I take faith in all of that. And through that transition in my life, I went from being – then I branded myself an I, uh We sold my first company, West Publishing, exited for $3.4 billion in 95, that's with a B. Uh, back in 95, that was extraordinary, 3.5 billion. I went up to the Silicon Valley, transitioned into raising money, another superpower that I learned, wow, if I can sell little things like legal research online, I could sell big companies and rich people hundreds of millions of dollars to give me money. And same exact philosophies and strategies applied. What I learned through that transition is the most important lesson. Most people, and as you'll find out, the most notable sports agency on earth called Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment. Most people have seen the movie Jerry Maguire. They had made that about my firm. Went on to build one of the biggest marketing and media companies in sports with Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback. But my career was always about three things. What skills do I have? What knowledge do I have? Not only what knowledge, but who who do I know? And my desire. Those are the three areas that I always just aligned to an industry, a career, or a job. In fact, today, the biggest question that people have, Mr. Meltzer, what, what should I do during the pandemic? I'm looking to transition, right? Either they've lost their job, furloughed, or they just realize through the pandemic they hate what they do. (laughs) Well, it's real simple to me. Align, take inventory of your values every day, your personal values, your experiential values, your giving values, and your receiving values. Take inventory of your capabilities, which includes, like I said, your skills, your knowledge of the what and who, and your desire, and align it with what's supplementary or synergistic to what's doing well today, or what's aligned with your values, what's stable today, or what you feel will do well in the future. It's that simple. It's all skills, knowledge, and desire-based. It's not job-based or industry-based. It drives me crazy when people say, I want a job in sports. It's like, okay, I want a job uh, with air, (laughs) right? Sports is not a job, right? But yet, ninety some percent of the people that want a job in sports all want to be a general manager or a president of a team right, which represents about .0001% of the multi-billions of dollars in jobs that exist in sports, which are not the coolest jobs, by the way, in sports. I was offered the president uh, of a professional team and turned it down because I know what an awful job that is, especially if the team sucks, which it did in your hometown, which it was, which meant I would have been paid to be tortured by all my friends, family as the biggest idiot that was the reason why the team. There's no more blame, shame, and justification than being a president or general manager of a team. You know, 99% of people who want to work in sports want that job for some reason. So align and take inventory of your values, align your skills, knowledge. Now I did that and I ended up being the CEO of the world's first smartphone, right? Utilizing the skills at the time and knowledge that I had. I ran the world's first smartphone for Samsung, a Windows C device. And yet I still couldn't code. I barely knew anything about technology. I had a law degree, didn't even graduate my MBA. I took it With West Publishing and never finished uh, because I was making more than all the professors, and I really didn't understand why I wouldn't need an MBA when they were all asking me for jobs. It was weird and asking me to speak there. (laughs) So, you know, degrees are great, it's an economic decision, but I more importantly believe in knowledge, right? Degrees are great, but I believe in knowledge. What are you learning every day? Are you more interested than interesting? Uh, I was so stupid when I was 18. I wanted to be a doctor, but hated. Hospitals until my older brother, who's a doctor, is like, You know, you have to be in hospitals to be a doctor. I was like, I want to be a sports doctor, you know, sidelines training. He's like, Yeah, you got to be in hospitals in order to get there, buddy. Orthopedic surgeons don't just step out on the field, you moron. So be more interested and interesting. Uh, And then uh, from being the uh, CEO of Samsung's first phone division, I pivoted into investments and angel investing, real estate, all types of different things, just driven with the skills and knowledge and desire that I had, and ended up meeting Lee Steinberg, the most notable sports agent. In 48 hours, he hired me to be the chief operating officer, and I wasn't looking for a job. I didn't know he was looking for a chief operating officer, but through our conversation, he understood all the different things that I had and aligned and I moved laterally into one of the greatest jobs. Six months later, CEO of the company, uh, and that put my whole career in another trajectory. And I've done the same thing with sports uh, as I finish up, so we'll leave time for Q&A. Even since starting Sports 1 Marketing with Warren Moon, three and a half years ago, I decided that building my own community to empower over a billion people on earth to be happy. I've never been laughed at as hard as when I started on my mission to empower people to be happy. I've been doing free trainings on Fridays since, you know, 20 years. And even my own family, was like, do you think you're like Jesus or something? You think you're Tony Robbins? You know, now, you know, last Friday, I think we had over 20,000 people registered for my free training. It's the number one. You know, I, I have everyone from Cameron Diaz to Ray Lewis to the greatest athletes, sports billionaires. Fertita wrote the forward to my book. But yet, I love the fact that my trainings are the number one downloaded podcast. Uh, for entrepreneurs on Spotify and Entrepreneur Magazine. So, you know, it is resonating and I invite you all to come for free to that. But the key point is, I believe transition is a mindset, that we're always transitioning and that people make too big of a deal that, you know, I see so many athletes and they'll transition and they'll tell me, well, you know, I know leadership. And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, you know, so much more. Let's talk about the skills that it took, right? Not physical skills. The skills that that it took to be a leader, right? You're an intelligent follower. Now, there's something a boss might want to hear, right? In order to be a professional football player, you have to be an intelligent follower, which makes you a leader, right? Let's talk about being on time, right? You're a very punctual person. That's a skill. I've been five minutes early to every meeting since, what, you've been 12? You know, there's a variety of things. Talk about your desire, because we can't train desire. Talk about the ability to must be what you can be to just inherently in your being, want to do your best job, the best you can, no matter what it is. These are things that people want to hear. And so as I leave this today, I want you to take inventory of values every day and your capabilities, skills, knowledge, and desire.
0: David, can you talk about maybe an instance when you just had no clue what you were going to do next and maybe five years 10 years in your career and you just got hit with a truck and you had no clue what the heck to do next because I think a lot of guys going through transition a lot of people going through transition and like okay I, I know I'm hardworking, working hard I know I can work in complex environments I know I'm a leader but what it's like we forget about everything that we learned the past five or ten years yeah. and we feel like we're starting from scratch
1: so well, I, I, you- I, did, I did start from scratch in 2009 2008 um I lost over $100 million. I went from having a huge home in the Rancho Santa Fe with 33 homes, cars, boats, golf course I own, ski mountain, to living in a rented house with rented furniture, one car, three kids, girls under 10, and a pregnant wife. And I remember lying in bed, going, all right, (laughs) what am I supposed to do now? And then I realized one thing, right? I used framing, right? I framed the scenario of where I was and I said wow when I graduated law school I had nothing knew no one I had a hundred thousand dollars in debt and somehow I figured out how to be a millionaire within nine months and I started and here's five daily practices that I used uh and I'll go through them quickly number one taking inventory of your values I went over two I realized what radical humility is and this is really difficult for athletes and military people ask for help. The easiest way to succeed in life is to find someone that has what you want or knows what you want and ask them for it or how to get it. I'm gonna repeat that. Most people don't ask for help. They're not radically humble. They think that giving and serving, which I appreciate gentlemen, is the end all. It is not. You can't give what you don't receive. I've never met one person that is poor enough to make someone rich. I've met many men who are rich enough to make other people rich. I've never met someone sick enough to make someone well. I've met many strong men that have helped people come to help. So you need to receive and you need to ask for help. You need to take your time, be more interested than interesting. Find those people that sit in the situation you want to be in and ask them for it. Three, student your calendar. Simple for guys like you. Study, meaning attention plus intention to the coincidences you want with what you have planned, what you don't have planned, and your sleep. You guys are excellent routines and times, I'm sure. It's a great asset and skill that you have. Four, The number one statistic, I used to think statistics are bullshit. I used to say only statistic I know to be true is 99% of all statistics are made up. That was the only statistic I knew to be true. There's one more besides 100% of all putts don't go in. 100% of the things you do now get done. The difference between successful people and everyone else is successful people get stuff done. They learn from it, they make mistakes, but they get stuff done every day. There's tons of people who make millions if not billions of dollars teaching people how to get stuff done. If you can't get it done, put it back in your calendar, prioritize by what's most important and study it for the next day. And then finally, practice ending fear. One of the hugest skills that you all have is the ability to understand how to stop when you're in ego-based consciousness, you are in control at neutral at center. You've been trained for years, especially all you special ops people to number one, identify primary and secondary fear, stop, drop and breathe down to center in neutrality and roll in the right direction. You cannot accelerate in the wrong trajectory in fear-based emotion, like the need to be offended, right? Separate and fear, superior, anxious, frustrated. And that is emotional as well, beyond the physical realm, which you've dealt with, uh, accordingly with what you've been trained so practice ending fear would be the fifth and final daily practice that i would say got me there and i just started day by day enjoying the consistent everyday persistent without quit pursuit of my potential and in a very short order i had my life right back on track of service to others while focusing not to give to receive like i did the first time around but i receive so i can give it's a complete shift in my paradigm
0: Mike, do you want to talk about where you're at in your transition, kind of what you're thinking about and how you're approaching it? And maybe Dave can give some David can give some feedback on it.
2: Yeah, sure. Dave, thanks for uh, being here today. I was watching all your YouTube videos. It's pretty impressive. And so I think we're uh, um, lucky to have you on for half an hour or so. Thanks, Jordan, for setting this up. Um, yeah, so... I'm actually, I'm getting out kind of at an odd time. Usually 20 years to the mark, I'm getting out at 16, COVID through a wrench in my entire life. So I was actually planning on being in a different country in a few months, but I'm sitting in my neighborhood uh, with an uncertain future. And so one of the things that resonated with uh, me a little bit about your story in 2009, after financial crisis was recovery. So you lose everything for me. This is my dream job. You know, I have other interests, but I could do this, you know, if they allowed me to for a long, long time. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit when I wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm rolling around or I'm not getting sleep because I feel like I'm unfinished and now I'm being forced to move on, you know, just, uh, I, bottom line, I got to take care of my kids. So how, how did you keep yourself mentally up and have an increase or an upwards trajectory after the financial crash and rebuilding your business? Cause essentially what I'm doing is rebuilding my business, my own, my own family's business and moving up, you know, after pretty much losing my entire career in a sense. Yeah, I
1: I created a a kaleidoscope of what I had control of. Uh, One of the things when you're feeling that way, Mike, is you probably feel out of control, that all these things are chaotic and, you know, there's no, there's tremendous compressed uncertainty. And so I decided I'd use a perception kaleidoscope of what I had control. My mindset, my heart set of how I felt, what I thought, said, and do, and hear So I was gonna control all of the inputs so that I was always in control of my own perception. And I knew that as like, you know, Think and Grow Rich is one of my favorite books is that I wanted to imagine, you talk about you're losing your dream job, then dream of something else, right? I needed to dream of something else as well. I needed to take the nothingness that I felt and the minute I could think about what I wanted to dream about, It became a mathematical advantage. It became a possibility in my life. And then I used this kaleidoscope of one, a lens of productivity, of how I could provide value with what I wanted. Two, a lens of accessibility. How accessible would I be to others? My family, my friends, my community, my country and the world. And how am I accessing what I want? This idea of receiving. I really had to work on receiving. It was gonna be okay for me to be driven to receive so I can give. And then finally, of course, the lens of gratitude. I really practice still today. Every situation, I find the light, the love, and the lessons in it. I, I will tell you this, I've surrounded myself with world thought leaders, with the richest people on earth, the most famous people on earth. And I've learned this about all those people, besides having the common denominator that you guys have, that you must be what you can be is that whatever percentage of suck is in your life is in their lives too. The only difference is they got really, really good at finding the light, the love, and the lessons and what sucked. They were able to use this powerful kaleidoscope of a lens of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude to be able to create a vacuum for what they wanted. And lo and behold, the possibility became a probability with that inspiration. And then through awareness, discipline, and strategy, Three things that all of you are well-trained in, they were able to materialize what they imagined, right? Like Van Gogh always said, right? I imagine the painting, and then I figure out how to paint it, Uh, right? He makes real what's painted. That's exactly, Mike, where you're at. You got to start imagining what you want to paint, and then you'll know through the discipline, strategy, and awareness, and the help of mentors, people who sit in the situation you're in or want to be in, in order to materialize what you've imagined. If you think you're in your dream job now, don't limit yourself. Angling towards something better and have faith that something better than that will actually occur. Uh, And keep that kaleidoscope of how you provide service and value, how you're going to receive and be accessible to others to give it to them, and most importantly, the lens of gratitude. Find the light, love, and the lessons of what sucks in your life. Everybody else that's successful does the same thing.
0: David, that's awesome. Maybe to kind of... Uh, in this, I have two questions. One, what is your request of this group? Because I know, I don't know where you're at, but we got a billion to make happy. So, what's uh, what's your request of this group? And then number two, are there maybe a couple books that you'd recommend for general mindset and maybe specifically for transitions?
1: Yeah. Number one request from everyone I meet is look, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Don't underestimate putting the shopping cart back, pitting up trash, smiling at someone. I am telling you, create the vacuum that for you will expand and generate all types of materialization of what you want. Uh, Please reach out for help from me. My email is david at dmeltzer.com. I do free trainings every Friday. I will give you my book for free. Besides, I'll give you good books to read. I'll I'll give you the names of those. I'll give you mine for free. Uh, But uh, I have four of them that I think you'd enjoy to manifest what you want in your life. Uh, Trainings, if you miss them, like I said, it's on Spotify and Entrepreneur, the playbook. You can download those. But please reach out. If I can't help you, I'll find someone that can. Uh, I understand what it's like to, to be in a period of uncertainty like you are. I'm more than happy to help. But remember, you're happy where you're at. Angle to something better and have faith in giving something better than that. Make sure you reach out to me, david at dmelzer.com. I do have a text community too, 949 298 2905. I know I only had a half an hour today, but please invite me back as my last request. I would love to share more time uh, to help all of you, if that sounds fair.
0: David, that is awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Guys, I have this recording. If you'd like to stay on, we'll do a quick uh, debrief uh, on this. Thank you so much for your time, David.
1: All right. See you guys soon. Thank you.